بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين صلى الله وسلم وبارك على خاتم النبيين وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين Dear brothers, السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته May Allah تبارك وتعالى أكتب تورديد It's enough for us that hadith by Muhammad صلى الله عليه وسلم telling us, telling his sahaba, telling all his nation, his ummah that if any group of people gather in the masjid discussing the book of Allah, the deen of Allah wa ta'ala, this group will have so many benefits. The angels will take care of them. And in the end of the whole sitting, when they leave, they will leave with forgiveness. When you leave a discussion of this deed in a masjid especially, you are going with forgiveness. Upon this hadith of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. What about if we are discussing the major case that every messenger of Allah wa ta'ala was sent with? وما أرسلنا من قبلك من رسول إلا نوحي إليه أنه لا إله إلا أنا فاعبدون every messenger الله يسلم محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم من this آية that every messenger he has, he has sent سبحانه وتعالى to any nation of his slaves is ordered to say لا إله إلا الله is ordered to tell his nation to believe in that none has the right to be worshipped except Allah that's monotheism that's توحيد It's enough for us that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, although he is the best person ever walked on earth, he is the best among all the messengers of Allah wa ta'ala, and by the order of Allah wa ta'ala, he spent ten complete years discussing nothing with his sahaba, with the people in that time, except la ilaha illallah. It's enough for us. Ayyuhallah, it's enough for us. So we need to discuss the case of Tawheed, because no work, no deed, going to be accepted by Allah, Unless it has these two conditions. Only for Allah, only by the way of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. If it's not for Allah, then it's not going for la ilaha illallah. It's not complaining with la ilaha illallah. If it's not the way of Rasulullah, it's not complaining with ashahadatu anna Muhammad rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And this is the shahada. Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah, ashhadu anna Muhammad rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Two conditions. If they are not there for any deed, it will not be accepted by Allah wa ta'ala. Tawheed is a big case. Tonight we are discussing one of the cases, as Shaykh Amtiyaz mentioned in the introduction, a case which is really going with us every day, every minute almost. It's the case of picturing, taking images. A lot of people have a lot of discussion in this now. So much ulama having a conflict in this case. Is it allowed? Not allowed. Halal, haram. What is the case? What is it now? We have clear hadith of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. We'll tonight, insha'Allah. Telling us clearly that it is not allowed to have pictures. How can we live without pictures? Strange thing, we can ask the question here. We will see how this is going. So, because of this topic, it's important and wrong also. I had to divide it into two dars. Tonight, insha'Allah, we'll discuss the evidences of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, these hadith, five hadith Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam mentioned about this case. More than that, but these are the five hadith which mentioned in this chapter, number 61. 
we'll explain this hadith, we'll discuss them, then inshallah next week we will discuss exactly what are the judgments of two major cases of picturing. The first one is taking the pictures, the second one is having and keeping the pictures, hanging the pictures, and so on. These are major cases we're going to go, inshallah, and conclude with them next week, inshallah. But tonight we need to discuss the evidences which is mentioned in this chapter, and all of them are Sahih Hadith, alhamdulillah. Some of them in Bukhari and Muslim, and some of them in Muslim only, and we will hear them, inshallah, one by one tonight, inshallah, and we'll discuss. The first hadith, or before the first hadith, let's say, what is the connection between this chapter and Tawheed? Of course, there has to be connection, otherwise he will not put it in this book of Tawheed. There has to be a connection, relation between this topic and the case of Tawheed. Because this book is talking about Tawheed. The name of the book is the book of Tawheed. Book of Manatheism. So what's the connection in here between this Tawheed and the case of Picturing? Actually, making pictures is a kind of creation. Kind of creation. One who's making whether he is making idols, statues, or he's making pictures by hand, he is creating something. So this creation may come close to the case of likening the creation of Allah Taala. Then there is a problem in here. We have to clarify it. So the first hadith, which is narrated by Al Bukhari and Muslim, that Abu Hurairah radiyallahu anhu, Abu Hurairah, you know, he is one of the best Sahaba radiyallahu anhu, and he's the يعني the most gather of hadith of Muhammad صلى الله عليه وسلم and be amazed about that man رضي الله عنه وارضاه that man reverted to Islam in the year of Khaybar that was seventh of Hijrah يعني after Muhammad صلى الله عليه وسلم became a messenger seventeen years or eighteen years and before the death of Muhammad صلى الله عليه وسلم only four years in these four years, he, he radiallahu anh, gathered more than 7,000 hadith. But how did he do that? How did he do that? He, radiallahu anh, when he came to Medina and, and reverted to Islam, he asked Muhammad sallallahu to allow him to live in the masjid. He lived in the masjid of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, attending every salah, hearing every hadith. Every discussion, every case, every topic, every event, he is with Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So he gathered more than any other of the Sahaba. After him in the number of hadith he gathered, comes Aisha radiallahu anha with 300, 3,000, 3,500 hadith almost. Then Abdullah ibn Amr ibn and the other Sahaba comes after that. But this man radiallahu anha was a man who really wanted to gather hadith with Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And there is really an important point. He narrated the hadith of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam told him to make witr before he sleeps. He said that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam told him to make witr, witr which is one rakah, three rakah, so on, before he sleeps. But we know some other hadith, he sallallahu alayhi wa sallam told Sahaba that the best witr should be in the end of the night. The last of the night. How can we combine these two? How can we combine that Abu Huraira said clearly, which is a hadith, that Muhammad told him to make witr before he sleeps, while 
The other hadith says that the best witter will be at the end of the night, the last third of the night. Very simple, very easy. Because Abu Hurairah was staying most of the night remembering and memorizing the hadith of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Then he sleeps late, so he made, make, he made witter before he sleeps. Muhammad sallallahu gave him this advice. He advised him to make witter before he sleeps. While the others, no, they sleep early. And you know, there is some hadith telling us that Sahaba, while they are waiting for Muhammad to make Salat al-Isha, they were nodding. Because the whole day they are working, the whole day they are retired, so they are waiting for the time to finish Salat al-Isha and go for bed. Sahaba at that time, they sleep directly after al-Isha. And Muhammad told us to do so actually. But for our life now, it develops now, that's the problem. Abu Huraira was saying, late at night because he was memorizing the hadith of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Oh, all those people who are working for deen, for da'wah, for knowledge of deen, they can't stay late. And in this case, and they can make their witr before they sleep. If they are afraid, they cannot wake up in there. But those other people are not supposed to stay late with these channels or with gurgling with the others, backbiting Muslims, saying bad things, blaming cars and so on, and they say, well, we cannot pray with her before we sleep or we cannot pray with her in the end of the night. That's very strange. So, Abu Huraira in this hadith, he said that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, قال الله تعالى Allah said, we have to stop in here. What is that? Muhammad sallallahu is telling us a hadith and he said, Allah said, is this a Quran? No. This is called hadith Qudsi. Qudsi means the Words from Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, but the meaning is also or only from Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala. The same as other hadith. What's the difference between the hadith and the Qudsi hadith? The difference is that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam saying that Allah said. In the other hadith, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam saying his words directly. Both are from Allah and the meaning. Because Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam does not bring things from his own. As Allah told us subhanahu wa ta'ala in his holy book about Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, وَمَا يَنْطِقُ عَنِ الْهَوَىٰ إِنْ هُوَ إِلَّا وَحْيٍ so when he says to Islam, it's wahi. But sometimes his hadith, when he says by his own words, this is his hadith, because his words, but the meaning from Allah. Quran are both. Words and meaning from Allah. That's why hadith could see you cannot recite it in salah as a Quran. Although it's said by Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala, but you cannot recite it in salah. So this hadith could see, which is on Sahih al-Bukhari Muslim, means that inshallah totally correct, correct inshallah hadith. And strong hadith. Muhammad Rasulullah said, Allah, قال الله تعالى, وَمَنْ أَظْلَمُ مِنَّنْ ذَهَبَ يَخْلِقُ كَخَلْقِهِ فَلْيَخْلِقُ ذَرَّةِ فَلْيَخْلِقُ أَوْ لِيَخْلِقُ حَبَّةِ أَوْ لِيَخْلِقُ شَعِيرَةِ Who is more unjust than those people who are, that's the meaning of the hadith, who are creating or trying to create or resemble my creation. The creation of Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala. The people are the most unjust people. Then he said, let them create an ant. Be careful, the translation is incorrect. Translation in the book we have, they say, let them create an autumn. Is there any autumn bomb in time of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa No. Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was talking to the Sahaba about the things that they know. They knew, from, knew something called autumn. But they know something called an ant. An ant. 
ذرة in Arabic could mean both. ذرة in Arabic means an autumn, means an ant. But of course in the time of Muhammad Sallam there were no autumn. So the, we say that he said to Sallam in the hadith of Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala and here that this didn't try to create an ant. Can they? Can they? They can. فَلْيَخْلُقُوا ذَرَّةٍ أَوْ لِيَخْلُقُوا حَبَّةٍ Piece of corn, piece of anything. They didn't try to create it. فَلْيَخْلُقُوا أَوْ لِيَخْلُقُوا شَعِيرًا Again, the same way, but different kind of food. They didn't try to create it. They can't create it. They can't. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who created it. He sent the rain to earth. Then this comes up. Then this piece of, of corn or, or, or wheat we are taking, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created this for us. They cannot create it. So in this hadith, clearly, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is angry with those people who are making or trying to make or try to create something like his creation. Then the other hadith, the second hadith, Al-Bukhari and Muslim also narrated by our mother Aisha radiallahu anha, bint Abi Bakr Siddiq radiallahu anha, that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, أَشَدُّ النَّاسِ عَذَابًا يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ الَّذِينَ يُضَاهِئُونَ بِخَلْقِ اللَّهِ The most severe punishment will be given to those people who are trying to create the things like the creation of Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala. That's the picture, of course. Idols are the worst. As you will see, Shah, next week, I'll give you this complete paper about this that will be clear to you the divisions of these cases. But let's talk about the hadith tonight, the evidence. So, he sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is telling us, and when he says it's true, because it's wahi from Allah, whispering from Allah. Did Muhammad see them in the judgment day? He didn't. He's talking about those people who are going to be in the judgment day having the, the most severe punishment in that day. How did he know? Did he see it? Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he didn't. But Allah told him. So this is why. So Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is telling us about what Allah told him subhanahu wa ta'ala about those people who are going to have the severe punishment in the judgment day, those who are making pictures. Don't rush. We'll talk about this in detail, inshallah, next week to explain what is meant by that. The third hadith. Ibn Abbas radiallahu anhumah said he heard Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said كُلُّ مُصَوِّرٍ فِي النَّارِ يَجْعَلُ اللَّهُ لَهُ بِكُلِّ صُورَةٍ نَفْسٍ يُعَذَّبُ بِهَا فِي جَهَنَّمِ Every picture taker is in Jahannam in Nar in Hell Allah will make by every picture he made this person he will make a soul for him going to be tortured, tortured in Jahannam. Just imagine a person who makes 1,000 pictures. Then Allah will make 1,000 souls in these pictures to be suffering in Jahannam for this person. And this hadith, as you know, correct hadith. It's in Muslim. Fourth hadith. Also a correct hadith Marfu' hadith means that after Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam whoever make a picture in dunya in life he is going to be required to put, put a soul into it 
in the judgment day. And he will not. Yani he is going to be given as an assignment that he cannot do. That's more punishment for him. He will be told that this picture you made, put us all into it. And he will not. So he will be punished for that. And narrated by Muslim, Rahimahullah, that Abu al-Hayyaj al-Asadi, Abu al-Hayyaj al-Asadi is Tabi'i, yani the people who came after Sahaba, said that Ali ibn Abi Talib, radiyallahu anhu, cousin of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, told him, shouldn't I send you on an assignment that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam sent me with? Don't let any picture you see unless you destroy it. See now what's this? Muhammad has sent Ali ibn Abi Talib to Yemen and he told him whatever picture you see, destroy it. وَلَا قَبْرًا مُشْرِبًا إِلَّا تَوَّيْتَهَا And any grave you see higher than usual, higher than one shiver, change it. Now, picture is clear in here. We'll talk about clear inshallah next week. But what about this case of the grave? What does it mean? It means that Every, every grave must be no more than one shiver. This is one shiver. This much. This much. No more than that. And clearly Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam told us in so many hadith. Okay, this is another topic actually. It's case of grave. It's another topic. But let's just give it some kind of يعني, uh, clear vision. Because actually majority of Ummah Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam now they are not obeying Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam this point. Go around, even here in Saudi Arabia, you will find some Shia, they are raising up their graves, putting flowers in the grave, or on top of the grave, writing names, and so on. You find this in Qatif, you can find this in some other places in this kingdom. I'm not talking about India or Pakistan or Egypt or Syria only, I'm talking even about this country. Those people, why are they disobeying Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam? Why they do this? Because Shaitan came to them and they say, this is a respect. Shaitan will come to us and say, how am I going to put my father into this grave without making any certain or special thing for him? Make him up a little bit, make some good looking things given to it. Make these signs, big signs, colored signs, uh, expensive signs, put his name, his birthday. What is this? Is this in Islam? Are we told by Muhammad to do so? Or are we told by Muhammad not to do so? This hadith in Muslim, as we mentioned in here, that Ali ibn Abi Talib was sent by Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam to make every grave, any grave, to make it leveled with one shepherd. Alhamdulillah in this country, majority, alhamdulillah, of the graveyards, you will see, they are this way. If you go to Nassim graveyard, Al-Ud graveyard, Mansouriya graveyard, and Riyadh, or any graveyard in this kingdom, you will find, alhamdulillah, they are still going with this sunnah by making the grave this much. No more than that. But if you go somewhere else, some other places in this kingdom, some other places in some Islamic and Arabian countries, you will see something really make you feel so sorry for these people. Why are they disobeying Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in this case? Love of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is not just to say words, I love you, ya Rasulullah. Ya Habibi, ya Rasulullah. It's easy to say this. It, it does not, yani, uh, cost anything. Just words is easy to say. 
but to practice and obey Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam in our life. Ah, this is the case. Some people are not capable of obeying Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam, but they are clearly capable of obeying Shaytan. How did Shaytan trick Nuh baby before Nuh? Listen to Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam telling the story. He sallallahu alaihi wasallam in the hadith of Abbas, radhiyallahu anhu, told us what happened to Nuh baby before Nuh. He told us that people after Adam stayed on monotheism for two centuries. That's 1,000 years. Right? Then, after that, these five pious persons died. You know the name. Which means in the Surah Nuh. Wazzan, Wasuwa'an, Wayagutha, Wayaruqa, Walisra. Five pious persons died in pretty close time. So people so sorry, so sad for that problem, for that tragedy. So Shaitan came to give them an advice. And they say, why you just bury him like this, bury them like this? Why did you make pictures of these people? So you will remember their, their ibadah. So you will do like them. So they did. They made pictures of these five persons. And every time they see these pictures, they remember their ibadah. They make more ibadah. But what do you expect from your enemy when he gives you an advice? Do you expect him to give you a good advice? Usually he doesn't. That's true. So people later on, not the first generation, not the second generation, maybe third generation or fourth generation, as mentioned in this hadith, people start to worship these graves, worship these pictures. They made idols of them, then they are worshipped by Arabs. They were worshipped by Arabs. Subhanallah wa bihamdah. Why is this case? Because people really started one wrong step. Following shaitan, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told us clearly in his holy book not to follow the steps of shaitan. وَلَا تَتَّبِعُوا خُطُوَاتِ الشَّيْطَانِ Steps of shaitan. Do not follow the steps of shaitan. Allah is ordering us. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is warning us not to follow the steps of shaitan. Some Muslims they do. Allah told them not to do this. Allah Muhammad told them to clear in this hadith and the other hadith. Do not over-level the grave. Do not build in the grave. Do not construct in the grave. They say, no, no, we will not listen to this. We will not obey Allah. We will not obey Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in this case. We want to respect the pious people. We will make darga. We will make doom. We will make building. We will make whatever. Why you do this? Don't you obey Muhammad sallallahu Why don't you obey Muhammad sallallahu in this case? He cannot give you an answer. He will try to play around with the words saying, okay. No, no, no. Even... يعني الجريف محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم is in the room الجريف محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم they have in Gadoon الجريف محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم is in the masjid why can't we do this we tell them you made a big mistake ask them this clear question always ask them they cannot answer it if they answer it truly then they will lose the debate where were محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم buried when he died what were buried in the masjid or was he buried in the Aisha's room outside of the masjid? Three important points. When they come to the UK, it's allowed to, to bury pious persons into the masjid because the grave of Muhammad sallallahu and Abu Bakr and Umar anhu, is in the masjid. Tell them wrong. Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, when he died, Abu Bakr when he died, Umar ibn al-Khattab anhu, when he died, they were buried in Aisha's room outside of the masjid. How did it come? That was about 77 years later. When one of the Amr's Khalifa wanted to enlarge and magnify the masjid of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he made a big mistake by magnifying and including 
ربوف عائشة رضي الله عنها into the masjid. So there was a mistake. And we are not required or allowed to follow mistakes like this. So we cannot bury our five persons into the masjid. Because this is one of the steps of shaitan to worship these graves. And you can see by your own self. Go to one of these masjids where there is a five persons buried. And see what's going on to that grave. People are coming to the masjid? Yes. But they have to stop by the grave. Some of them didn't go to masjid at all. They just go to the grave. And ask the grave. And ask barakah from the grave. And ask this and that from the grave. Ask you curious from the grave. Ah, subhanallah al-azim. Subhanallah al-azim. Things which is only for Allah is given to the dead people. These dead people, they need us. We don't need them. They need us to make dua for them. Because Muhammad clearly told us in his hadith that every person dies, his deeds are cut. Stop. Except for three cases, we'll come to it later on. So he needs us. He needs our dua. He needs us to call Allah for him. Not to call him or to call Allah through this person. No. He's dead already. His deeds are finished. His deeds is finished. So he needs us to call him, not to call Allah for him, not to call him, him personally. Now we made it five, someone made it five persons. They go to this grave and ask him or ask Allah by him, by his high rank. Strange things to happen in this, subhanAllah. So in this hadith of Muslim, clearly we are required to level our graves. Do you think this is, that means we are insulting these graves? We are insulting the people who are buried in these graves? La wallah. La wallah. It's not as insulting. It's actually we are giving them the best we can do. Because that's the way, Islamic way, Muhammad Hassan told us this way, to do it with our dead people. Put them in the grave, make their grave is one shiver only. Do, do not add anything to that grave except things to just sell it from the, the, the rain and so on. That's all. Two things to make it, you know, uh, two sides to, you know, that this is the grave so nobody will... will to them to it or insult it. That's all. But to make all of these kind of uh, rocks and other things and colors and names and this, this is not allowed in Islam. Why is it not allowed? As I told you before, it's the case that disobeying Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam. This one case. Second case is one of the steps of shaitan to worship the grace. And you have seen by your own self what are the results for doing this to these grace. Now, these are actually five hadith of Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam. All of them are correct. Alhamdulillah. And it's clearly to us that he, sallallahu alayhi wa has told us how severe the punishment is going to be for those people who are making pictures. Now, the problem comes in here and say, what do you mean now? This is our, our life. In this message there are pictures. Thousands of pictures, I can say. Where are they? In our mobile. Each mobile of us is having a picture. At least one. How many people in here? Someone. How are we going to deal with this? We are taking a lot of pictures. Now before you have to have a camera, and this camera you make a picture, then you take it to the lab, and the lab will make it this, and make it in papers, certain papers. No, 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 no. Now it's, subhanAllah. All you have to do is just click, and the picture is there. We cannot look for that picture. That's what they say. Right? Who knows better? Who knows best? Allah or we? Very, very easy. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and Muhammad told us clearly not to do so. 
I don't want to jump into conclusions because this is going to be discussed inshallah next week clearly and I will give you a paper with the yani sequence of this case. So it will be clear to you inshallah more and more. But I want to just remind you brothers that nothing is better than following Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Nothing is better than obeying Allah and obeying Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Not at all. Even if this is against our desire. Everyone of the, or most of the people would love to have more money, even from haram way, by bribes, whatever, because money is money. If you have money, you have something. And as they say in the West, if you have million, you equal million. If you have nothing, you equal nothing. Because this is their law. They measure human beings by how much they have. Unfortunately, some Muslims are really doing the same now. They are following the West in this case. They are following the Kafir in this case. While Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave us different measurements. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave us, gave us different scale. Inna akramakum indallahi atqaakum. If we were to use this scale, then we are insulting Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Because he was a poor man. We will insult all Sahaba because majority of them were poor people. We will put these rich people and these ba- rich bad people are better than Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Astaghfirullah. This is not the measurement. This is the measurement of human beings, measurement of kafirs. But measurement of Muslims should be the measurement of Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala. The scale of Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala. The scale of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. That a person is going to be scaled and measured by how much taqwa he has. Inna akramakum indallah asqafum. The best of you to Allah Taala, the the one who are having taqwa. Taqwa means to avoid anything make Allah angry with you, and to do whatever Allah things that Allah that make you Allah Taala have you with you. This is taqwa. May Allah Taala give us this taqwa. So, if we want to be true Muslims, we have to follow each step, each case, each order. We have to refrain from everything that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam told us not to do. Then we will be in the right track. We will suffer, yes. But why do we have to let dunya drive us? Why don't we drive dunya? Why do we let dunya put us in the way it wants? Why do we let the kafirs drive us the way they want? Why don't we drive them to the right way? They drive us to the wrong way where we have unhappy life. They are driving us to have these bad things so our lives become very bad life. While we Muslims, if we drive in the way of Allah, the way of Rasulullah, then we will drive into happiness. Because the one who created us and created the Kafirin, he knows what is this for us. He told us that you have to live this way if you want to be happy in dunya and akhirat. If you want to be happy in this dunya and thereafter, Follow Muhammad Qarun was a cousin of Musa alayhi salam and he was the richest man in the whole history that the keys for his money's 
places cannot be carried by so many people. Keys, I'm talking, not about the money itself. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala hated him. فَخَسَفْنَا بِهِ وَبِدَارِهِ الْأَرْضِ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ So measurement is that. Measurement is how are we with Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa How are we with Allah wa ta'ala Sharia. How are we with this deen? This is the measurement. The more you are closer to Allah wa ta'ala, the more you are in the way of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa the more you are in the correct way, the best life. Then the judgment shall be, you will be happier than this. The more the person, the other person is far away from the way of Allah wa ta'ala, far away from Allah wa ta'ala, far away from the way of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the more he is unhappy in his life. Go and ask anyone of these rich kafirs. Wallahi, I swear, with 100% sure, with a certain dogma, that no kafir in this life is happy. No kafir in this life. No bad Muslim is happy also. Why? Because they are not in the way of Allah to work out the way of Rasulullah. That's it. Al Hayat al Tayyibah. The fantastic life is given by Allah, not by money, not by wealthy, not by healthy. But it's given by Allah. And if you want to be happy in this dunya, be with Allah. Be with Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Sharia Sunnah. You want to be happy in the judgment day also? Also the same. So, this person who is going this way, obeying Allah wa ta'ala, getting closer to Allah wa ta'ala, obeying Muhammad he is getting two cases. Happiness is in this dunya, happiness in the judgment day. And whoever thinks that he is smarter than Allah, smarter than Muhammad thinks that if he gain a lot of money, he became wealthy, even if he is not in the way of Allah wa ta'ala, then he is really a poor person. He is going the wrong way and he is really unhappy. That's why we say always we give this example of these people who are so rich, so wealthy, so healthy, and they are having the highest percentage of suicide. Have you ever seen a happy person make suicide, commit suicide? Impossible. A happy person does not commit suicide. These people in the West and East and other places, they are so rich, so wealthy, so happy, no so happy. Unhappy. That's why we say with the proof that they are society. They, they are committing society. Why do they commit society? They are having money. They are having freedom. They are having this. They are having that. Whatever they want, it is available. But they go and commit society. Why? Subhanallah. Go to Muslim countries. Poor Muslim countries. Very poor. They don't have this much of percentage of society, alhamdulillah, because they are Muslims. They still know that Allah told us clearly not to commit society. These people, they cannot find the happiness. A poor Muslim is a lot happier than the wealthy cover. That's for sure. And the more he is closer to Allah, closer to the way of Rasulullah the more he is happy. Don't we like happiness? Let's go for the way of Rasulullah We are going to face a lot of troubles in this dunya, yes. That's natural, because Allah will test us. Jannah is not easy. Jannah is not cheap. أَمْ حَسِبْتُمْ أَنْ تَدْخُلُوا جَنَّةَ وَلَمَّا يَاتِكُمْ مَثَلَ الَّذِينَ خَلَوْا مِنْ قَبْلِكُمْ مَثَلَتْهُمُ الْبَأْسَاءُ وَالضَّرَّاءُ وَزُلْزِلُوا حَتَّى يَقُولَ رَسُولُ الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا مَتَى رَسُولُ اللَّهِ See the life of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, how much trouble he faced for this deed. See the life of the Sahaba, how much they faced, how, much, how many of them killed outside of their area. Find the graves of the Sahaba, where are they? In Medina? No. 
Majority of Sahaba died far away from Medina. Because they are carrying this deal. They are not thinking of this dunya. They are thinking only of the akhirah, of the jannah, of the satisfaction of Allah Tabaraka wa Ta'ala that he will be pleased with it. May Allah accept us all. And inshallah next week we will discuss the case of the tides of butchering and the other points inshallah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept our deeds. If you have any questions, I'll be happy to hear from you. Yes, there is, but let me just uh, promise you to next week, because I'm going to put this in a small paper, inshallah, and we'll discuss it clear. That's what I said, inshallah. Next week we'll give complete, tonight we're only discussing the hadith evidences, just to give for the meaning of these hadith evidences. The next week, inshallah, we'll make it in one paper, inshallah, we'll segregate to the brothers, and we'll discuss the difference between making idols, that's one of it, drawing, taking pictures, covering papers. All of these going to be discussed, inshallah, next week. If you will attend, inshallah, we'll discuss it in, in wide and detail, inshallah. Jazakumullah hmm? khair for listening. We'll see you, inshallah, next week. Assalamu alaikum. Assalamu alaikum.